Hello and welcome to Inspiration Calling, the podcast where creativity meets craft and authors find their inspiration. I am your host, Abigail Horn, and this season we're embarking on an exciting journey into the captivating world of children's chapter books. Over the course of this series, we'll be delving deep into the heart of storytelling for young minds, exploring the ins and outs of crafting chapter books that not only entertain, but inspire our young readers. So if you've ever found yourself daydreaming about whimsical worlds, unforgettable characters, and tales that ignite the imagination, then you are in the right place. Get ready for a season packed with invaluable insights, practical tips, and above all else, endless inspiration. Welcome back. So in today's episode, we are going to zoom in closer on our chapter book readers. Because in order to write for them, we need to know what makes them tick. And there is most definitely a fine line between what makes them tick and what gives them the ick. Do not make the mistake of thinking that our younger crowd are easily pleased. They equally require you to hone your skills to craft them an outstanding short novel. But where do we start in knowing what it is that they want? Well, firstly, we need to know who we are writing for. Because like we've already discussed, those readers can still cover quite an age gap within chapter books. We can probably all appreciate, for example, that a six-year-old may be looking at life through a completely different lens than, let's say, a 10-year-old. So why don't we think about the things that we need to be mindful of regardless of age? I will start by saying that we need to respect a child's intelligence. There is something quite uncomfortable about adults talking down to children. And this is just as uncomfortable to witness in chapter books. Children are perceptive and intelligent little beings and we should never underestimate their understanding of anything. My children blow my absolute mind and so it's important to treat them as the capable individuals that they are when we are writing for them. But while respecting their intelligence, we also need to bear in mind that the language and concepts do need to be clear and age appropriate for the reader that you have in mind for your chapter book. So you should simplify without patronising, which will allow them to comprehend and enjoy the story. Because ultimately, if they can't comprehend your story, they're not going to enjoy it. This rule isn't even strictly for children because having worked with thousands of adults now writing non-fiction for other adults, our number one rule is to keep the language simple and free of fluff. So let's just take a moment to discuss the overall structure. Children most definitely have shorter attention spans. So the pace of your story should feel brisk and the chapters should feel concise and the plot engaging enough to maintain their interest. In other words, we don't want to bore them. Chapters should end, if possible, 
with a cliffhanger or a question that will make them eager to turn over the page and continue their journey. All of this, I appreciate, might feel easier said than done, but these are all skills that can be learned, practiced and perfected over time. But just because the stories should feel more brisk and concise, that doesn't give us permission whatsoever to skirt over creating real depth to stories and the characters. In fact, it is a credit to your writing ability to be able to create characters and situations that evoke feelings that are relevant to our young audience. We shouldn't underestimate the emotional depth of our audience by oversimplifying complex issues. Evoking emotions is such a powerful thing, whether that is humour. I mean, I literally have spent a lifetime laughing at Roald Dahl, or whether that's suspense, sadness. I can certainly think of moments in chapter books that have broken my heart or joy, just connecting emotionally with readers is only going to strengthen their bond with the story and ultimately with you as the author. I know my son has got to this stage with David Williams. So whether you respect him and love him as a writer or not, I can tell you that my son no longer even cares what a David Williams book is about. He will be the first in line to buy it anyway, because he now has so much trust and confidence in David Williams as an author. But readers also need to trust their characters, or at the very least, they need to be able to relate to them. We need to create characters that readers can identify or empathize with. If I'm honest, this is absolutely crucial. Children will often relate to characters who face similar challenges or have similar situations to their own, or who possess qualities that they really admire. You'll often find that their heroes, more often than not, are a similar age to them. Children need to appreciate stories that mirror their experiences or introduce them to relatable situations. And that's not to say that we can't write fantasy, but they do need to recognise that a character is in some way similar to them. I remember reading Matilda as a child, feeling like if we met in her world or in mine, that we would have been the best of friends. So even though my circumstances were totally different, because I was somebody enjoying a happy childhood, that little girl that always had her head in books was mirroring my love of literature. And I always felt that if we could just sit down and have a chat, that we would have so much to talk about. It's also a good idea to consider subtle lessons or themes within the story that offer opportunities for your readers to go through some personal growth and understanding. I've carried lessons of grief from Charlotte's Web all the way through my adult years. Do you know what? Thinking about that story, I've definitely carried lessons in friendships too. With all of that said, one of the most important things we can do for our young readers is to leave space for them to use their imagination. 
So as writers, we need to do enough to describe and set a scene, but also allow room for them to visualize and contribute themselves to this world that you've created. I mean, have you ever watched a film after reading the book and just sat there thinking, oh my God, this is not how I imagined it. Sometimes the worlds that we create in our own minds are exactly what we need them to be. And people showing us something different in films can feel so disappointing. So leave room for interpretation and imagination so that your readers can play within your story and engage in that world in the way that they want to. My final thoughts for this episode are that you need to be open-minded and stay open-minded to feedback from young readers and their parents or guardians, because listening to their reactions will provide you with so many valuable insights to help you improve your work. It is an absolute privilege to create stories that might become a cherished part of someone's childhood. On a daily basis at the moment, I'm receiving messages from parents telling me all about their children's reactions to our Christmas book. And that feeling, I I could not describe it to you on this podcast, even if I wanted to. But I want that for you. I want those messages for you. So stick around because I promise we can make that happen. Well, that is it for this episode of Inspiration Calling. As we close this chapter, I hope you are leaving with fresh ideas, practical tips, and most importantly, a renewed sense of inspiration. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep writing, and remember that your story can start here.